Hi there, and thanks for joining us. Coming up on this week's episode, a new bookshop in Cork and on Pana, no less. Our bus network is getting an overall. We'll find out what it means for you and your business and the students who want to help you keep GDPR in check. I'm Jonathan Healy, and this is Red Business. Red Business, Cork's exclusive business podcast. Many of you will know the name Dubre Books because they've got stores in the east of the country. You'll have seen them in Dublin. But the good news for bookworms in Cork is the company is about to open its first branch in Munster. And where better than on Pana itself, the heart of the city centre on Patrick Street. And here to tell Red Business about the plans is Maria Dickinson, who's the managing director of Dubre Books. Maria, how are you? Very well, very busy at the moment, very busy and buried in pile of boxes, but we're getting on very well. Thanks. I, yeah, I, I love I love the idea of a new bookshop because uh, you know we're, we're hearing about bookshops closing down and Amazon is is, is ruining the industry, etc, etc. You guys are booking the trend and opening a shop. Why? That's it. And we're delighted to be doing so. I mean, first of all, in terms of Cork, we've long aspired to open in Cork. Um, prior to COVID, we were down looking at properties. Um, you know, we've always felt you, you really can't call yourself a national brand unless <laughs> you're in Cork. And there's such a strong art scene, a literary scene in Cork. Um, so we're really looking forward to, to being part of that. And um, I mean, during during COVID itself, we noticed a lot of orders um, coming through online from, from Cork customers. So um, a thank you to, to everyone listening who who with us and, and helped us through that period so yeah I mean we're delighted to be to be in a position to be to be opening and um, you know really looking forward to getting stuck in and talking to, to local readers I mean I, I'm guessing you can't become the managing director of a book shop chain without loving books I mean I, I'm presuming you are an avid reader oh absolutely always have been and I'm you know I'm just I'm still pinch myself to, to, to this day that I you know I get to work with the product that I love I mean my, my whole career has been books I you know from from school through to to university and then I started out actually as a librarian um went in to be a book sales rep then worked as a buyer for Easons for quite a while and now um, I've been managing Dubray for six years and they're they're a lovely um bunch of uh, booksellers to work with really everyone is so passionate and so committed and so interested in what they do so you're um, you're so, living uh, the dream so I'm guessing <laughs> if you've been working with books all your life this it doesn't get any better uh, yeah, than a, this <laughs> i'm a lucky woman all right yeah 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 no, um the, the unit that you're taking on patrick street people might remember it because they had a cup of coffee there that's right yeah 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 and um it, 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 for a, a good period it was the gloria jeans site there um since it's been it was villa selected um after that and suits direct briefly earlier in the year so it's a stunning building we're absolutely delighted to have it really great position on the street and um we'll have two lovely floors of books and um enough room for a little seating area and um lovely children's area with illustrations by chris judge um irish illustrator there sort of brightening that up oh, so yeah, yeah we're really excited to get he, he decorates all of David O'Doherty's books, if I'm not mistaken, doesn't he? He does, he does, he does, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah which yeah, is great. And are you, are you aiming for any particular section of the market? Because uh, books appeal to everybody. You've got young people, old people. Is it a little bit of everybody that you're going for? It's a little bit of everything. And, and what we 
work really hard to do at Dubray and what we hope um, sort of sets us apart a little bit is um, our ability to, to recommend and to find the right book for any person, no matter what their taste. So we've no, um, you know, no preconceived notions about what people should be buying or would want to be buying. It's really, and, and particularly in the kids areas, talking to the kid, finding what they're interested in genuinely and making sure that they go away with a book that, that, that suits them perfectly. So, um, you know, as broad a market, everybody is welcome. Um, we just want to see people happy and people reading. Uh, Maria, the, the high streets slash main streets of Ireland, uh, like in the UK, have been struggling quite a lot. There's a huge amount of vacancy. Lots of retailers didn't reopen after the pandemic. So not only are you booking the trend in opening a bookshop, but you're, you're booking the trend in opening any kind of shop. Where is that confidence coming from that perhaps has escaped others? Well, I mean, bookshops, you know yourself, they're quite a draw. Um, you know, people will will travel, they'll come to a bookshop. You know, once you've built a, a, a sort of trust with your local your local bookseller, you, you will come in and travel to them. I mean, Debray, for us, it was interesting during the pandemic. We're on Grafton Street um, in Dublin and we also, and um, on Shop Street in Galway. And we also have quite a lot of suburban stores in the Dublin area. Now, Grafton Street's normally the, the busiest of our stores. Obviously, during the pandemic, it became a lot a lot quieter. Um, and the suburban stores really, really started to shine as people were working from home and going go to their local bookshop. But um, we really, you know, we really believe in, you know, the importance of, of supporting our, our, our shopping streets and, and having presence there. Um, so, you know, we hope we hope that people will support us too. Um, you know, we, we feel it's really important to, to have a presence mm-hmm. and um, to, to, you know, Patrick Street is, is such a draw. It's such a central location. It's such a prestigious location that we really wanted to be there. Uh, people always assumed that the migration online would kill off bricks and mortar. But uh, something about a bookshop and going in and just having that experience. I, I'm, I'm, all, I'm a tactile shopper. I, I'm, I'm Amazon's worst nightmare. I don't want to buy <laughs> things unless I can pick them up and have a look at them. And, and you know, I, I still judge books as to whether or not I like the feel of the book. I know that sounds insane, but that, that is my personal no, no, choice. I, I, I hear you. <laughs> I, I, I hoping that there's more of me out there uh, that, that will, will shun the online and, and perhaps take that experience in the round. Yeah, I think there are a few things in there. I think there's, as you say, there's the physical project product and enjoying the the look and feel of a book. I think a lot of people are on screens so often, so they prefer to you know to read off off paper. But in terms of the actual, I mean, obviously you can buy books online, but um, the experience of going into a bookshop, I think we've become. You know, particularly during COVID, you know, online can really isolate you, whereas a bookshop experience is such a pleasant, such a warm experience. You go in now, we'll leave you to browse quietly if you you want to. We're not going to be harassing you with recommendations, but our booksellers will be there. And we really found after, um, you know, when we opened up after lockdown, that customers were craving those kind of personal recommendations because, you know, an, an online algorithm will say you liked X crime novel. Here is another crime novel that's exactly like that. Whereas a bookseller who knows you really well will say, listen, you enjoyed this, but here's one that's a little bit different that I know you're going to be you're going to really like because I've talked to you and I know you. So there's that kind of serendipity and warmth that you get in a in a bookshop that you'll never get online. And I think readers, you know, readers understand that and readers crave that. So, um, you know, I think I hope there will always be a place for physical bookshops in that way. Well, I, I'm I'm absolutely endorsing that sentiment because it will be a tragedy if we lost them. Uh, and I think that uh, the good people of Cork will flock to you when you do open your doors. So you're packing all the boxes personally and sending all the books down uh, from HQ. So when when are the doors going to open on Patrick Street, Maria? 
Um, we are hopeful for, um, let's see, next week is the the 10th is the Wednesday. So the 10th or the 11th, um, we will open as soon as we can get ourselves, um, you know, get, get all the books on the shelves. We're, we're busy pricing everything and, and uh, getting everything up onto the shelves uh, at the moment. Don't, so uh, don't, the, don't, the, don't the minute we're ready, we'll open. You have to have all the Cork authors at the front now. Just make sure oh, that you have them absolutely, all lined up there. Absolutely, <laughs> We are very conscious of that. And what an array of authors it is, my goodness. Well, <laughs> you, know how, you know how to plumb authors anyway. Maria Dickinson, Managing Director of Dubra. Books. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks so much, Jonathan. Red Business. All that's best about business in Cork. Shorter waiting times, more direct routes for commuters, an increase of more than a third in the number of services in the city. These are all features promised in the latest draft bus network plan for Cork. It was published by the National Transport Authority this week. You have six weeks to have your say on it before it goes to the next stage of planning. Hugh Cregan, Deputy CEO of the NTA, is with us to go through the plan and what it means for people and for businesses. Hugh, you're welcome to the podcast. How are you? Hello, Jonathan. Very good. Uh, Lovely to talk to you. So give me the highlights of the top line, because there's a lot of detail in this and it's all very relevant to where people live and so on. But what are you looking to do with this Bus Connects project for Cork? Well, Cork, as we all know, is a, is a growing city and it's destined to grow even further. It's, it's destined to be 40 to 50 percent population growth by 2040. And we, we needed to review the public transport system and make sure that the bus system in particular was fit to meet the needs of the city now and to meet the growing needs as they evolve over the next couple of decades. So we we. Uh, we started from the bottom up. We we decided the way to do it was to review the network from scratch uh, and to work out uh, where people were moving to and what services we needed to put in to, 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 to cater for that movement in public transport. And the outcome of it is that, in, in our view, we've, we have a much better network now for Cork City. It's an overall increase, as you said, of over about a third. Uh, there's new areas covered. Uh, but we don't have everything right. And there is a consultation process ongoing now to try and get feedback from people as to places where we, we, we may need to make further amendments and refine it a little bit further so that ultimately we end up with a bus uh, network for Cork City that works for the citizens in the city both now and into the future. I, I know from look, growing up in Cork, uh, we used to have, I, I think 12 was the highest number that the city service went to. We're obviously uh, expanding the number of routes in particular. What, what was the thought process in, in uh, proposing extra services in certain locations, for example? The, the thought process was really around providing the service that was needed to meet the, the needs of that area. So lots of areas of Cork, uh, as people will know, have grown and, you know, both southwest, uh, both north, south, east and west, there are there are developments occurring. And in order to make sure we, we provided the right level of service to those developments, we needed to, to, to design new routes and put in new routes to serve those. But a lot of those places are connecting to, to other areas like the centre of the city, Kent Station, CUH and so on. So we needed to, to get the network that would coherently work together to allow people to travel pretty seamlessly across most journeys throughout the city. So it's a combination of meeting the growing needs of an area and also meeting uh putting in services in areas where they just don't exist at the moment. Okay. Um, now, I'm familiar most with the Blarney Rouge because I live in Blarney um, and I know that it's every half an hour and I know you can't tell me now how many more buses I'm going to get but the point is you're looking at that expanding services, bringing them in from other directions and probably increasing frequency on that route, other routes. What do you need the public to do right now? Because if you put more buses on more routes everyone's going to say, well, don't you don't need to consult with us. 
Yes, but everyone has to work to a budget and the state is no different than anyone else. So really, we have to put in an efficient bus network. We can't run empty buses on roads just to cover a particular area where there's very, very limited number of passengers. So we needed to... we. We need to uh, make sure we, we've put in place the right network. So what we want people to do now is to review what's there uh, and see is there anything that, that stands out for them as being uh, particularly right or particularly wrong. And we're expecting that in a few places we don't have the details right. And we're expecting that we get some feedback saying that we need to consider some changes uh, in, in, in particular place. That's been the experience we had in Dublin. And we took on board that feedback and we made changes. Hopefully in Cork, uh, I think um, I, I, I think the network, probably we've got a lot of it right. But it's to pick up those last items mm. where local knowledge and local use and, and uh, the citizens' views will shape the final piece of the network. And how... So, how- how responsive have you been to the business community? Because they, they, they are the ones who probably need this more than anybody else. They need to know that their staff can get to certain locations at certain peak times. Do the business community have an important role to play here? Oh, very much so. A lot of this network is designed around getting people to their places of employment because uh, that, that's what a lot of journeys are. Not all, but a large portion of journeys are for. So we've been very cognizant of, of, of the commercial areas of Cork and the retail areas of Cork and making sure we put in the proper level of service in our view to, to, make, the, to, to make it uh, possible for more people to access those employment centres by public transport and make it more convenient. And we and what that means is that the catchment of potential employees that businesses have also grows. Uh, if we provide a bus service in a direction that was never served before to that particular place, well, that's a new core to people that, you know, if they don't have a car and were able to drive, previously it wasn't an option for them to work at that particular place. So it expands the employment potential uh, across the city. So it is definitely in the interest of, of the commercial uh, community to, to actually review the network. And again, from their perspective, uh, is is there anything that needs to be changed in it? Is there any refinements that are required? But again, I hope we've got the bulk of it right we're kind of okay. more looking for the final bits where we may not have got the final details correct. And, 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 and not wishing to, to raise um, an open and old wound, but uh, Dublin's Bus Connects got stuck in the mire uh, with people talking about losing their front gardens and and discussions about wheels and spokes and where buses were going to go. Is there much major infrastructural change up for discussion right now with this new plan or are we using the existing city infrastructure and bus lanes? Okay, I should have made it clear at the beginning. What we're what we're consulting on now is the network of bus services, i.e., the bus routes themselves, and they will run. Those bus routes uh, are intended to run on the existing city streets. They don't require any new streets to be developed. But we have a separate project which which is aligned with this and linked to this, and as part of the overall best bus connects program to try and improve bus priority throughout the city on all of the key routes, and that will mean some cases we will be looking to widen roads out to put in bus lanes and in other cases there will be traffic management measures to be put in place. We're only at an early stage of that particular uh, project but early next year, in probably towards the end of quarter one, our intention is to start a dialogue with the people along those routes and run a public consultation where we give our preliminary views as to what uh, might be put in place okay. to support the bus operation. And that's the point where uh, uh, people have the opportunity to feedback on the bus lane side of it. So at the moment, we're talking about the bus services. 
in the in quarter one of next year, we'll talk about the bus lanes. Okay, well, there's been a 50% growth in people using public transport uh, in, in the last five years. So people want to use the service and here's an opportunity to, to get input into whether or not they're in the right location or not. Where can people find out more information to you? What's the website? Uh, busconnects.ie. If people just click on that, there's uh, all the information to do with the new network. And there's a relatively simple uh, feedback form that we welcome people filling in, completing and just giving their feedback. Busconnects.ie, that's where people can get all the information. Hugh Cregan, Deputy CEO of the National Transport Authority. Thanks for joining us, Hugh. Thank you. Red Business, Cork's exclusive business podcast. We're joined now by Owen Buckley and Daniel Keane Kelly. They're the co-founders of Refracted. And we have to start with a big, huge round of applause because you guys were the winners of the Ignite. There's the applause. The Ignite Company of the Year. Best business, best business plan at the Ignite Awards at UCC, which I was lucky enough to host recently. Congratulations again, lads. How are you? Fantastic. Cheers. Thanks so much, Jonathan. Really appreciate it. It's um, really amazing getting the awards, yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's always nice to be acknowledged, isn't it? First of all, um, Daniel, I'll ask you, you might explain about Refracted and what you guys do. Yeah, perfect. So um, our mission essentially is to improve data privacy for everyone, right? So we're building enterprise tools for GDPR compliance and to improve data protection and privacy. Um, so essentially, there are assessments to organizations complete before conducting any activity that involves sensitive um, personal information. And right now, many organizations uh, complete these assessments, or apologies, right now, m- many organizations will find that these assessments are like slow, they're costly, and you know, if they get them wrong, there's some very serious um, implications, right? So, for example, over, uh, over 1 billion euro has been given out in fines so far this year for breaches of GDPR, and uh, there's been a number of high-profile cases which have hit the headlines that you would have been able to, uh, that you would have seen. Yeah, and of course, th- this is a real concern for companies' own, isn't it? That they stay on the right side of GDPR because reputationally it's a disaster if they lose people's data, but they can be hit in the pocket as well. Absolutely, yeah. So, I mean, like, what's what's interesting is that in the past, you know, the option wouldn't necessarily have been there for consumers, let's say, to take civil action. But that's actually now a possibility too with the advent of GDPR. But like you said, it's... It's the the fines are pretty steep, but what's really like you said is reputation damage is key. Like because at the end of the day, like trust is how we all operate, and it's how the world goes around to some degree anyway. And tell us a little bit about um, Refracted and where it comes into the process here. How do you help these companies? So like the obligation, like Dan said, so one of the first steps are these assessments are going to have to complete uh, as yeah. part of their GDPR compliance, and. If you're let's say unfortunately in a situation where you're on the wrong side of uh, GDPR or someone has said, you know, look, I, I'm accusing you guys basically of mishandling my data. These assessments would be based as a first protocol to say, no, no, look, we've followed everything. We've done everything correctly. We've done uh, everything as we're supposed to have. We followed the rule of law. And that's basically your defense in a lot of ways. Um, but also, too, from like a, from the point of view of an organization, they know themselves a lot. Of them, they don't necessarily need to be collecting a lot of the data they are and processing it. But because the processes have been built the way they are so far, um, a lot of things get picked up that they don't necessarily need. And that could be the thing that catches you out when you didn't need it in the first place. So okay. what we're doing is basically taking what is a very slow and arduous process and make it a lot faster, a lot more efficient, but also easier for all the stakeholders involved. So 
Yeah, you don't there can have to be like you're making it many, easy. many people involved. Yeah, yeah. You're making it easier for people. Exactly. You're automating parts of it. Look, lads, I, you're you're part of the Ignite program at UCC, uh, which means that you're annoyingly young, probably. Uh, so to the people who can't <sighs> see you, where did you meet? Uh, what's your background? And uh, I, I, I suppose without focusing on your age, how long have you been together as, as a business partnership? Um, so we both did BIS and UCC, and we, that's how we met each other uh, in first year. Um, so. There's these four, four years of exposure to each other through that whole fantastic process. Anyway. <laughs> and you survived it. And we did, yeah, yeah. And then uh, and we've done this for the last year now as well. So a good five years of looking at each other and so far so good. Yeah, so far so good. And and Daniel, if I can ask you, the Ignite programme, what did you guys take out of it? Because to those who are unfamiliar, this is kind of an accelerator programme for students, for graduates who have an idea. Yeah, so the core of it, so we came to Ignite with a, a central idea of what we wanted to do. And throughout the, the year we've been in Ignite, the idea came from its very rough stage into a much more refined and business-ready idea that we're actually able to, to use, let's say. Um, like overall, Ignite has been a, a great experience, right? Like um, working with Eamon and Michelle on a daily basis has been has been great for us. Um Especially with um with Ignite's valuable like you know their network and um the industries that we have access to both from people who know Ignite anyways and especially from the alumni through Ignite that we can um, talk to and get mm. and, and get more information. I suppose that the challenge for you guys going forward is not a challenge; it's actually an opportunity. Is that there's got to be more and more data collected. Oh, and companies are going to struggle to manage it, to control it. Mistakes are going to be made, probably human mistakes, where automation would have picked it up. This is a real growth industry for you guys. It's it's an opportunity for you to grow, not just in this country, but possibly around the world. Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's fascinating that you see the EU are taking a big stance on this sort of road, as we all know the introduction of GDPR, but like it was multiple other countries constantly bringing on new legislation the whole time. Um, and like at the end of the day, I mean, we've all seen the impact of when data is mishandled. You know, there's so many negative things that can happen. Technology is fantastic. It's improved life for so many of us, but there's a certain responsibility, I guess, that comes with power too. So like you said, it's it's an area that's going to be growing because it permeates every single thing we do nearly every single day. And the thing is that it, it affects every organization that handles um, European data. So US company, and literally any, any company around the world, if they handle um, personal European information, um, they'll have to, to handle these kind of assessments and go through this kind of process. Okay, well, it is a growth market. I, I I love the use of with great power comes great responsibility. I can't remember which superhero movie that is from, but it was a great use of it there, Owen. I have to salute you. We'll give you another round of applause for having won it ignite. Owen Buckley, Daniel Keane Kelly, winners of Best Business and Best Business Plan uh, at the Ignite Awards at UCC. It was great to be back in front of a real-life audience again. First time in a long time, and I didn't fall off the stage, which I consider to be a bonus. Owen and Daniel, best of luck going forward, boys. Cheers. Thanks so much, Sean. Thanks, everyone. My thanks, as always, to all of my guests. Don't forget, you can download every episode of Red Business right now from redextra.ie. Kira McDonough was the producer, and we'll catch you on the next one. The only show in town for Cork Business, Red Business.